Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Modern creative teams are pulled in a thousand directions. Maintaining a functional project plan is hard. Wrangling designers and writers, copy edits and clients, all on deadline, can get messy fast. Most collaboration tools aren't made for creatives and creative projects, but Airtable is. Airtable makes it easy to organize stuff, people, ideas, anything you can imagine. That's why leading creative teams at places like Experience Design Agency Huge, Product Development Agency Planetary, and retail brand United Colors of Benetton use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com glossy today to get $50 in free credits. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy Managing Editor, Hillary Milnes, and joining me today is the designer, Eileen Fisher. Thank you for coming in, Eileen. Oh, my pleasure, Hillary. Yes, so we have tons to talk about. Uh, Sustainability is super relevant today in fashion, but you've been doing it for a long time now. Do you mind setting the the fashion industry scene when you launched your brand? Uh, 1984, is that right? 1984. So what what was happening in fashion and what were you seeing in the scene that you wanted to change? Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know if I remember exactly what was happening. I wasn't (laughs) thinking about fashion. I was just thinking that I wanted to get dressed and I couldn't find the clothes I wanted. And I was working as a designer and um, I I struggled to find simple clothes. I struggled to get dressed easily. Um, So... um, I remember shoulder pads and things like that that felt wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember wanting to make things that were easy and simple. And I had worn a uniform, you know, in, in school for 12 years. And I hated that, but I wanted, I, I liked the simplicity of it. I liked to be able to get up and throw my clothes on and not worry too much about right. it. So was the the idea of sustainability and, and fashion should be more long-lasting than trend-driven, was that always part of the, the brand ethos? Yeah, always, always. I wanted to sort of belong to the moment in a certain way, but I didn't want to, it wasn't trendy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I didn't want to follow every trend. I just wanted to, I wanted to feel modern and, you know, feel simple and Right. Yeah. No, and that, I feel like that's stuck along with the brand yeah. uh, for, for the entire time. And so how do you balance that line then staying modern in the moment without really following trends from, from 1984 to today? Hard. It's very hard. <laughs> I just came from the showroom. It's still the same conversation that we had a long time ago about how much, how much to move with the trend and how much to stay with the core mm-hmm. DNA. So you have to kind of move a little. You don't want to be stuck in time or you don't want to be in the past. So for, for me, a lot of it has to do with shifting proportions and shapes a little bit and, you know, um, but, but still keeping the styling really simple and mm-hmm. clean. And so I think then when you have things that are simple, then you can mix them, you can wear them in different ways and um, relate to the different times by making just a change in a different one of the part, one of the parts of where you're putting it together, mm-hmm. how you how you do it, sort of. Yeah, it's still like the idea of dressing with a uniform within yes. your wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, but, but people weren't always thinking about sustainability and fashion. No. So no, no. what has that been like as over the years, as you've been pushing for it, trying to get people to waste less, trying to make the company less wasteful, yeah. how has that evolved and, and how have you made yeah. sure that the brand is thought of in that conversation? Yeah. It was always about, I think, good quality materials. So materials, good quality materials last. Um, and it was always about simple design. So the more simple a thing is, the more, like I was saying, you, more ways you can wear it and more things you can do with it. Um, um, but it was always about also natural fibers. And so in the early days, um, I thought that natural fibers, because they're biodegradable, um, you know, they don't end up in the ocean in the, you know, pile of plastic, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I thought that natural fibers uh, uh, was good enough. So I was really dedicated to natural fibers and, and just a timeless design. You know, I, I'd been inspired by the kimono when I was on a trip to Japan and the fact that people wore just that one shape for so long mm-hmm. and um, that it seemed to withstand the test of time. So I was always looking for uh, materials that would last and uh, shapes that sort of transcended the moment. Um, so the idea of natural fibers was that Im- important part in, in the early days, too, because I thought that was sustainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, over time, we came to learn that cotton, cotton is, was a big fiber I used a lot. Of. We still use quite a bit of cotton. Um, but I didn't realize that conventional cotton is really, um, really harmful to the environment. A lot of pesticides, a lot of water use. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, we began to realize that we really needed to commit to using organic cotton if we were going to really, you know, be talking about sustainable cotton, sustainable materials. So that was just one, one aspect. Um, and uh, actually today, only 1% of the cotton in the world that's used is organic. I don't even know if it's one full percent. Wow. So there's a lot of, a lot of pesticides and, you know, damage to our water from chem- from the, the chemistry used to produce cotton. Right. And, and for a fashion brand, it's, it's hard regardless to, to survive and, and, and yes. maintain right. over the years, but incorporating this, this type of mission and commitment within the brand must make it even harder. So how did you make sure that you, it was a viable yeah. brand while, while making sure you, you, you stuck by the, by the mission at the same yeah. time? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess, you, you know, asking, is it harder? It's harder and it's more meaningful. You know, I, I think that um, people people care about trying to do what they can to mm-hmm. make a difference. And so it, it really just, it means asking more questions, working with your suppliers and saying, oh, we love this cotton. Can we make it organic? Mm-hmm. Um, or mm, this is really an interesting uh, material. Tell us more about how it's made. Uh, and, you know, leaning in to saying, oh, can we make it without the polyester? Can we, oh, rayon, hmm, and learning. We, we just, we're very passionate about learning about all the materials that we're using mm-hmm. um, and, and just, you know, how everyone in the company works to try to figure out, you know, their part in, in making more sustainable products. Right. And it's a very important part of our mission. So how we got there, how did we do that? It was over the years, I yeah. think. Some of it was just who we drew in, who was attracted to the concept of simplicity in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, by nature, there are, tend to be people who eat healthy, and people, mm-hmm. you know, like there's sort of an organic <laughs> quality about it or yes. something. And and so there are people who just tend to care about the environment. And mm-hmm. so it's 
um, almost before I knew about the problems with cotton, other people in the company were already talking about it. Yeah. The people who were really close to the materials and talking to the suppliers. and So it was built in from the ground up. Yeah, I think it was what we drew in somehow, that sort of energy of the brand or the concept. Mm-hmm. And what was the customer reception like? And it, wh- how much of, the, of your role did you feel like was education? But also yeah. just saying, because I think we've learned or talked to brands over the years, like you still can't really lead with sustainability as a fashion yeah. brand. People still yeah. want to wear it, have it feel good, have it look good. So how do you, how did you balance that on the customer end? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, um, you have to make compelling products. Mm -hmm. They have to first want the product. Otherwise it gets into their closet. They don't buy it because of the story. They buy it because they love the piece. Mm -hmm. They might see that it's, it's organic or it's dyed, it's blue sign certified or it's sustainable wool or it's recycled cashmere or whatever. And if they see that and then they think, oh, this garment's a little expensive, but oh, it's organic or it's recycled. Oh, I see. Um, maybe it's worth the extra little bit, yeah. you know, not always little bit. Sometimes it's 15% more, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a, over the years, it was kind of a, um, we went, as we started switching, we really committed to organic cotton, organic linen, all that, you know, to really making our materials more, more and more eco-friendly every, mm-hmm. every day, every year. And so in, in the early days of doing that, we had big decisions to make, like, like, for example, our best-selling pant for, for many years, we used to say it was our bread and butter pant, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, was cotton, but it was made from conventional cotton. And so in order to um, turn it, to make it out of organic cotton, it was going to cost 15% more. So, you know, we decided we were going to do that. And what we did was we absorbed about half the cost inside. And then we asked the customer to absorb the other half. Mm-hmm. And, and she did. And actually, I thought the cotton actually felt better. You know, yeah. I don't know if everyone <laughs> felt that. But, you know. When you're, when you're in it, you notice. Right. And then when the tag says organic, you, you, you know, you, you feel, oh, that's interesting. You right. know? Does it feel like today the customer is, is more interested in this type of brand than ever? Yeah, I think much, much more. Uh, really, in the last year or two, I think there's been a lot more awareness. Um, and I don't know, because we are working to educate the customers more, or hang tags, and online we tell different stories about our the work that we're doing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if we're just attracting more people interested. Um, we're also doing lots of other things that are attracting that customer with our um our, our take back program, you know, so we're, we're doing this whole thing about re- being circular. And I think that's um, drawing in uh, more customers. We're, yeah, we're reselling clothes. I don't know if you know about that program. Yeah, do you want to talk about that a little bit? And, and when did that start? Um, it actually started nine years ago, mm. we started taking back the clothes, we just all had tons of clothes in our own closets. And so mm-hmm. we had to figure out what we were going to do. So um, we started taking back the clothes and and over the years I don't know we've taken back millions of garments and um and and, and in fact very interestingly um we started a a small factory a couple of years ago Uh, uh, we call it our tiny factory Mm -hmm. out out in Irvington on Hudson River and um we have a little uh, warehouse store there where we sell the the recycled clothes we just a lot of them we just clean and resell sort of vintage style concept which Mm -hmm. We know lots of young people are were buying like that, right? You know, who are dedicated to the environment and just wanting to save money, but also wanting something unique that wasn't what everybody else had. Mm-hmm. 
so we did that. Yep. And then uh, and then we had lots of clothes left that we that you know maybe had a spot or you know some reason that wasn't saleable. So we started building up warehouses full of these clothes, and we were committed not to let them land in the in the landfill. Mm-hmm. So we started. That's when we started the factory. We started. Uh, we worked with some designers. We did a whole project uh, with um, uh, CFDA, and we hired. We brought in three young designers. And uh, they started playing with these mountains of clothes and mm. started cutting and remaking, re-sewing and over-dyeing and fixing the holes in really creative ways and doing really fun things. And so we now have a kind of a re-sewn line that we feature from time to time and mm. sometimes feature a different designer or something like that. And yeah. That's been fun. Yeah, I think circular fashion is, is a really interesting yeah. point of conversation within yeah. the broader sustainability because it's it can feel like such an insurmountable problem. And yeah. everyone is, is approaching it and coming at it uh, from the H&M level all the way down right. to like the niche brand. So, but do you feel like, how does a brand like, like Eileen Fisher doing this small part to make sure that within its own brand it's wasting as little as possible how do you think that that kind of sets the stage for what brands can do it's it might not be solving sustainability at large for fashion but but it's like one one piece at a time that that works together to at least reduce waste uh do you think it sort of sets that example I do. And I think it's a more important piece than we think, because I think a big part of the problem with fashion is just overconsumption. Mm-hmm. And so anything we can do to actually make less and sell less, which sounds like a contradiction. If you work in the clothing business, you want to sell more. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you make sense out of that? Right. So to actually um, be able to sell more by not, you know, sell it and resell it mm-hmm. without having to make more or to remake it in creative and really interesting ways. Mm-hmm. You really, you know, you get to use your creativity, but you also get to, you get to sell more and, and um, but not create more, more, not create more stuff, right. exactly. Yeah. Something Wasteless. like that, you know, ways, yeah. So that's the idea. I yeah. mean, the whole circular thing is really interesting um, because um, it, it's actually um, the the concept of just taking full responsibility for what you make mm-hmm. from the very beginning. We talk about the seeds, you know, and the farmers and the the animals and you know uh, the workers and and just and the chemistry and the dye houses and just like tackling every aspect of what what you're trying to do and taking responsibility uh, from start all the way to finish and and that's the kind of the circular piece so then what happens when you put it out there and then when the customer's finished then what mm-hmm. you know do we send it to africa and uh you know it's not just big like crates oh, or we're done with this right or and actually actually we're, we're doing an interesting show i don't know if we can mention it right now there's a mm-hmm. design show going on in new york called wanted 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 do you know yeah so we're there yeah with our our waste no more project and so we're showing we're we're just showing the so we have another Another layer after um, some of the pieces that actually it's hard to make them even into clothes sometimes, you know, so we cut them up and we have scraps and scraps of scraps mm-hmm. and piles of scraps. <laughs> it's amazing, but beautiful because, the, like I said, in the beginning, we start with good quality materials. Mm-hmm. So what we end up with 
is beautiful things that just become more valuable as you make them into other things. Right. Because the material itself is still there, you know. It's made to last. Right. And so so I just wanted to finish that, close that circular loop. Uh So the last piece is actually now we're making wall hangings and pillows and hoping to make rugs and um, just taking these scraps. And um, so we did a big show in Milan and got a lot of attention there. That was very exciting. So now we're doing this small show here in New York. Nice. Very so exciting stuff. Itself. Yeah. Right. But ah. we're trying to talk about that idea of, of closing the loop mm-hmm. and, and trying not to waste. Yeah. It's like using, using the whole ox. <laughs> ox, right. Exactly. <laughs> using it all. Right. Right. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The creative world is constantly evolving, and to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. Airtable is modern software. Its fields can handle any content you throw at them. Add attachments, long text notes, check boxes, links to records and other tables, even barcodes. Whatever you need to stay organized. That's why when the team at WeWork needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com slash glossy to receive $50 in free credits. So, but when you look at, at the broader fashion industry and we see how much people are talking about sustainability and all brands have, oh. have their their own strategies and their own right. attempts, do you, right. do you think that that's a a good service overall? Like, do you see insincerity in the industry now that it's become a little bit more trendy? Yeah, uh, all of it, you know. Um, I think it's really important that it's trendy because I think that wakes the customer up and mm-hmm. she becomes aware. And I think the aware customers are really going to push um, the companies to be more sustainable. And, you know, at the beginning, it might be just a story. It might be just one project that mm-hmm. the company's doing. But if they see that customers are interested, they'll be encouraged and they'll hopefully do more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so, and I think the customers really need to understand the buying power that they have. Right. That they need to, you know, vote with their wallet, so to speak. Right. And and it seems like the more that it's happening on the brand-facing, consumer-facing side everything that that's working behind the scenes will, right. will catch up a little bit. Do you think it's still going to be, I feel like it's so much is associated with sustainability is, oh, higher prices, yeah. that type of thing, which is, you know, an inaccessibility hurdle for customers. Maybe if, even if they do technically care about the environment at the end of the day, you yeah. kind of have to choose. So yeah. how do you, do you see it, it moving in a way where it is more accessible overall? Um, well, I, 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 I hope so. Um, uh, I think as the systems change, you know, as manufacturing changes all around, um, we, we have the technology for all kinds of things, closed loop technology mm-hmm. that cleans the water as you go, more or less, you know. Um, so, but I think there's still the problem of consumption, you know, just I think though you're, you know, it's a little pricey to buy uh, the more sustainable things. It's like with organic farming and organic food, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. But when you know it makes a difference, in the case of food, it makes a difference in your own health. Um, in the case of clothing, it makes a difference in the health of the workers and the planet. And I think the more people care, the more they'll, they'll be willing to pay the extra and, and buy less yeah. and, you know, buy more consciously and carefully. Right. And do you see anything similar happening in fashion that we've seen happen in, to the food industry where there's 
like a standardized yeah. level of, okay, well, you know that this is organic. It's not just a marketing story. It's, right. It seems like fashion. It's a little bit much more like, less tenuous of like uh, a thing that people can trust. People seem to not know who exactly to trust. Right. Well, that's good. Well, I think we don't have all the certification down yet and the agreement on how to measure and monitor um, all of the systems to make sure that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think organic cotton has a symbol, I think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, or at least there's a certification process. Um, um, and the dye processes, we use Blue Sign certified for a, a lot of our, our materials. And um, so there's some certifications. Um, but I still think it is hard. There's a lot of, it's not unified. Mm-hmm. Um, the fashion industry is using the HIG index and what, B Corp. What, what's the HIG index? HIG index is a, is a way to measure. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what it measures, to tell you the <laughs> truth, because of <laughs> the different things. I know that we... Um, we we use it, but we use we use we use B Corp. Mm-hmm. We're a B Corp. Yes, and so we find their standards are uh, a little higher to meet. Mm-hmm. So um, we figure if we're meeting those, we're meeting the Hig Index standards yeah. too. <laughs> and so I think, but the idea of measuring, you know, your environmental and social impact mm-hmm. um, is a is a good way to to start because at least if you know um, what you're doing, or you know, then you can work to make it. Um, better. Yeah, you can kind of see the shortcomings see making, a little bit more. Yeah, clearly. where the problems are yeah. and where you're doing damage to the environment. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what it means for a, a, an apparel company to be a B Corp company? Uh, I feel yes. like we, we hear that, but it's, it can apply to a lot of different industries. And right. so for, for apparel, what, what do you have to achieve right. to get that? Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, B Corp, um, basically the concept is that you um, are dedicated to being a company that's, they say, a force for good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you need to measure your environmental, social, and your govern- governance. Um, and I'm, I can't tell you exactly what the standards are, but I know we worked hard to meet them. And, and now we're looking at how we can, you know, keep doing better based on those numbers. And, yeah. Um, and there's a few other companies, Patagonia, mm-hmm. um, Athleta just became a B Corp. Yes. Um, and uh, some small companies in the apparel industry too. Mm-hmm. Do you see, it, it seems like sustainability in fashion is, is at an offset because fashion traditionally, it's not very open source. People don't really want to work together. Right. You hold your secrets very close to your chest. You're, you're competing against everyone else, especially now it's only becoming more competitive. Right. So it's, you know, we're seeing competition in the industry heating up at a time where people are saying, okay, at the same time, if we want to work towards sustainability, we actually do might need to work together. So do you think it's becoming more open source, open collaboration minded? Definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, there's the sustainable apparel coalition Mm -hmm. and there's textile exchange and the cotton, I forget what it's called, the cotton. Ah, anyway, there's quite a few different organizations that mm-hmm. are working to um, um, share information um, in the in because I think the idea is that it's pre pre competitive, you know. When we're it's it's not a hundred percent true because you know you're you know there's the question around sources and if everybody basically the point is we need to share mm-hmm. and we need to be open source and um, and and. And so um, 
we we do that. We we share, you know, our sources with whoever yeah. is interested in knowing. We belong to all those different organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Patagonia. We mm-hmm. just honored them at the Riverkeeper event the other day. They're amazing. They share yeah. their information and their sources. And, and it seems like 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 peers in the industry are moving towards that mindset as well. Yeah. I know you just brought together a few other CEOs in fashion right. for what was that? summit oh we did a b corp summit mm. for it was actually women b corp mm. owners okay <laughs> it was so not fun. exclusively fashion not, well we did a separate one evening of just apparel mm-hmm. people yeah and how did that go uh it was a good start mm-hmm. it was a good start <laughs> yeah do you feel like over the years it, it's felt like it's been on this cusp for for a long time or, or does it feel like it's closer now than than ever before to when i say the cusp of what it's like just moving towards a less harmful industry standing um yes i think it's moving there mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of work to do there's a ton of work to do but i think the interest and the customers being interested really really makes a difference mm-hmm. um because that pushes the industry and where do you think that customer interest came from just knowledge i think it's all you young people <laughs> i tell you the young people you know grew up educated more about the environment than the previous generations mm-hmm. you know and so they're much more uh, they grew up with a lot of stuff. They grew up <laughs> with environmental issues front and center, mm-hmm. learning about water, the water crisis and, you know, um, those kinds of things. So it's more on their minds. Um, so I think, um, I think I have a lot of hope for the young people changing this industry. And you can see it, you know, young people starting businesses, they're really thinking differently. Mm-hmm. Circular, how do I do this more sustainably? Right. So, so I have, I have a lot of hope about yeah. that. And then I think they're influencing other companies. Mm-hmm. A lot of these young startups are, are doing that. And so, um, promising, promising. It's very promising. It's very hopeful. I mean, we, the only problem is it's, it's, um, the degradation of the environment is happening fast. Yeah. And so we've got to get on this. We've yeah. got to speed up the yeah. work of, of educating <laughs> everybody and, and turning, you know, the whole, global flow of capital to, you know, bringing more sustainable businesses, supporting sustainable businesses. Mm-hmm. We have to do that. Right. The technology is there, you know, that, well, there, we need more innovation, but there's more out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of good work being done, you know, waterless washing and, you know, like I was saying, closed loop, you know, factories, but there's too few of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if there's one in the States, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. try to bring our, manufacturing back here but you know right and at the same time difficult we've seen the rise of fast fashion really explode right. which is seems like it would be a like step a, back <laughs> yeah i think very difficult no. to do it yeah. from a fast fashion standpoint it's almost uh it's almost an oxymoron to mm-hmm. be able to do it i don't really know how that works right and if there's any slowing that down that yeah. process very you, hard. There's something in the whole business model. That's why I like B Corp. I was telling you about B Corp. Uh-huh. Because in there's something wrong with our whole business model that it's just all about making money. Mm. You know, because it doesn't really satisfy just to make money. We need to make money. We need to have opportunities. We need to grow and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But we need to do it with with well-being. We need to you know, do it with caring for our environment. Otherwise, there's just going to be nothing, nothing. Right. No business to do yeah. is what they say. Well, if only everyone thought like you. Oh. <laughs> but and you, when you look at 
sustainability as a trend for your business. Do you, does that mean that, I mean, everyone wants to bring in younger customers, right. attract the new, the new set of, of people who are buying, especially on the more luxury and uh, right. how do you incorporate what the brand has stood for for so long, especially right now when it's, it's louder than ever. Yeah. Well, it's sort of interesting because the young people that are finding our brand tend to be attracted to the most core work that we've always done, which is our most simple pieces. We have our eight system basics pieces. That's what the young people seem to want. Mm -hmm. They recognize the simplicity. You know, they work on a limited budget, so they need to make sure that, you know, what they buy is going to work and last and and really serve them. Mm -hmm. So they need those pants they're going to wear every day, you know, or that simple black dress that's going to just work for them. They're pretty savvy about Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So between that and our recycled pieces, because you can get them at lower prices and you can play, you know, and be creative with them. Mm -hmm. So that that works. And there's also interest in this re-sewn and this new area that we're playing with. So, So that's exciting. And so, and so what are you doing uh, more as a brand to get in front of that customer? Uh, well, I, I'm not so good to speak to things like marketing. Mm. I, I don't actually know. <laughs> You're like hands off. Someone else can do that. <laughs> yeah. I know we're opening a store in Brooklyn. I don't there know if it's premature to talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> so we're going to try to know her from yeah, that angle. Just physically plunk down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wherever they yeah. Are. Just talk to her. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting you say that they're, you know, I feel like there's sort of a conflicting customer interest where you yeah. have people who want to go back to basics and, and invest yeah. in those longer term pieces. But then on the flip side, you hear so much, oh, customers just want newness. Like I brands know. are constantly updating their sites because people want new things on the site every single week, every single day. Right. What, and when you think about how fast fashion and, and sustainability conflict, have you guys worked on like updating the production cycle? Like, is there a way to do, to approach fashion and apparel the way that, that your brand does while, with, while still narrowing that that window? Okay, maybe we're not operating 18 months out. Maybe it's something down to six months. Like, is, right. how does that work? Yeah. Well, I would say we are not experts on that. Mm. Uh, it's something we're working on, though. We, we really see that in terms of sustainability, that even just our cycle, our fashion, our sort of cycle of ordering and you know processing is is too long, and and then we get caught up in dealing with shipping issues and things that end up you know impacting the environment. So we're really we've come at it almost from a sustainability angle: is how do we how do we track and you know get more data oriented, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of focus on because our digital business is exploding so we're trying to understand what's happening in that world and how do we serve them better so I don't think that I can speak well to it personally probably others in our company would Mm -hmm. would talk more intelligently on that topic right but it's but it's something that that's come to mind absolutely (laughs) absolutely and I do think that especially there you go with the young people (laughs) you guys just understand um you know that that world of Mm -hmm. digital information and how fast it works and yeah and um so I'm sure that that there are good solutions coming in that about how to be more just in time production and I don't know personalization and all those kinds of things there's a lot of opportunity um I don't think that I'm the person to speak to it. Sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) So what are you focused on right now? Me personally? No. Let's see. I am focused on, I guess, a couple of different topics. One is just kind of holding 
the the sort of DNA of the company, mm-hmm. you know, what's really core to who we are and what really matters. And so everything from, you know, those really simple pieces and really helping the customer, you know, understand what they are and, you know, how, how to really serve her and the new younger customer uh, around our core, our core ideas. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of the general direction where we're going around, um, well digital but that's not my world but I know Mm -hmm. it's a world I'm like we're supporting financially and all Um, but personally I'm um, I'm very interested in all the sustainability work I just came from the wanted show so Mm -hmm. I'm excited about what we're trying to do in in that area Um, but I'm also just interested in women's work I've been doing um, we're we're I don't know if it's premature to talk about the women's uh, we're going to be doing a series of women's summit uh um, online and uh, in person, yeah. uh, uh, starting in the fall, and gathering women and um, on a lot of topics. But a lot of it is just, you know, how do we be stronger as women? Mm-hmm. How do we be stronger together? Um, things like that. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. And for designers that are that are entering fashion right now, do you think it's the bar is higher because of how much competition there is or, or lower because kind of everyone can start their business online? Do you think that there's more of an onus today for designers to kind of enter the industry thinking about it the way that you did? How do I m- fill a need but and make what I want to without just putting more stuff out there a little bit recklessly? Yeah. Well, I think designers do have an extra, you could see it as a layered on problem or you could see it as a way of sort of focusing a design problem, mm-hmm. you know, like sort of limitation sometimes it's the limitations that makes for the most creativity mm-hmm. you know like we say that even about our the scraps yeah. we're just working with the scraps and oh my god the creativity like you can cut up these right. old pieces and it's just amazing so yeah sometimes it's within that limitation that people come up with really creative solutions mm-hmm. and you think that's that's the I standard that's, to that which they should be working yeah yeah i i think so yeah I think, that's interesting I think many are Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, maybe we should have started with this, but in the spirit of circular, oh, yeah, circular. <laughs> closing the loop, okay. how do you, when you look at sustainability in fashion, how do you define it? Is it, you know, wasting mm. less by way of creating a, a circular factory, a closed loop factory? Yeah. Is it 3D printing? Like what are all the, oh, what are all the options on the table that, yeah. that you foresee as being you know, the potential for future change? Yeah. Well, I, I like to think it is very holistic like that we can impact the environment through everything, through all of our people, you know, through every decision that we make. So being a fashion and clothing company, materials are what we work with. We make products. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a place to start. That's where our big impacts are. Um, So always looking at, um, at the materials and having everyone dedicated to, you know, not just finding beautiful, wonderful things, but leaning into how to make them better, more sustainable, Mm -hmm. you know, safer for the environment. Um, And there are lots of processes that have to be looked at, dye processes, finishing processes, all those kinds of things all along the way. So just, you know, having everybody, you know, engaged in all of it, and even on the other end with advertising, marketing, and talking to the customer and so there's all all you know it's a very holistic effort at you know keeping sustainability as just one of the core um, principles of the work that we do and that we would encourage Mm -hmm. other 
fashion companies to do. Right. So it's, it basically seems like just think about it now, if you haven't been thinking about it already and don't stop focusing yeah. on it. It has to Everywhere. weave into every single decision. Exactly. Everywhere. It's not one project over here. Right. It's holistic and it's circular start mm-hmm. to finish. Mm-hmm. You know. Great. Well, thank you so much, Eileen. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Great. And thank you for listening. A special thanks to Aditi Songwell, the producer of this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have.